Hey, it's Murder Spot. Thanks for being here. Great to have you with us. We have a lot to talk about, including a really fun game yesterday. How about Logan Gilbert? Outstanding against the Yankees. So we'll touch on the series against New York. We'll get you ready for the last three games of the first half, even though officially we've crossed over the halfway point. But the All-Star break, just three games left until the break, so we'll touch on that. Also have a podcast coming up this weekend, too. They'll kind of wrap up uh, the first half and get some thoughts looking ahead into the second half. So We'll touch more on first-half stuff coming up this weekend. But let's dive into the game yesterday. Mariners losing on Tuesday to the Yankees. It was bombs away just as Sheffield knocked around. Yankees win game one of the series 12-1. to Game two with Yusei on the mound. And really, Yankees a tough matchup for any lefty. A rocky start to the game for Yusei. He settled in, ended up giving up five runs and five innings. Bullpen was dominant the rest of the way. But the Yankees... Get the game two win. It was cl- ended up being a close one thanks to a late home run. Five to four was the final. So the Yankees had a series win in hand going to game three. Logan Gilbert on the mound. In the second inning, he gave up a leadoff double to Giancarlo Stanton. He would hit Luke Voigt after that. And outside of that, he was absolutely dominant. Gilbert's 2-2. Swing and a miss for strike three. Vicious slider and Stanton is left baffled. That is a career best eight strikeout effort today for Logan Gilbert against the New York Yankees. Gilbert's 3-1 pitch. Swing and it's popped up. Shallow right center field. Dylan Moore is racing out. Here comes Mitch Hanniger and he makes the catch for out number three. What a performance today under the Seattle sunshine by Logan Gilbert. A one-hitter against the Yankees over seven just sensational innings, and he retires the final 18 Yankees hitters in a row. No doubt the best start of his young career, although I feel like we have said that a number of times so far this season. Logan Gilbert, seven innings, one hit, no runs, no walks, and eight strikeouts. A beautiful outing, especially against the middle of the lineup like the New York Yankees. Here's what... Logan Gilbert had to say after the ball game. Logan, was that as good as the slider as you've had since you've been up here in the big leagues? Yeah, I think so. The feel was pretty good, especially as I got going in the game. Um, in the first couple innings, I felt like I was still feeling it out. And then once I got going, I felt like I could go to it whenever I needed it. With that and your fastball, it seemed like you didn't even really need your off speed. I know they have a ton of right-handed hitters, but you know, just relying on a two-pitch mix today, how, impre- how impressed were you with your ability to execute? Yeah, it just came down to the execution when it's two pitches like that. And like you said, righty lineup. Um, we weren't going to throw a ton of change-ups today unless we needed to. But the fastball and slider felt good, so we just rolled with that. Logan, you were willing to throw the fastball in the inner half, get move their feet a little bit at times. How important is to be able to establish the inner half? And a lot of rookies don't want to do that at the MOB level because they're afraid of the contact, but it doesn't seem to bother you. I mean, where did you pick that up from? Yeah, I think it's just something that you have to be able to do, um, whether you're comfortable with it or not. And I like going to both sides of the plate. Um, And even like we were talking about the slider, if you go inside with the fastball, it's going to help the fastball out, but it's also going to help the slider out and your other pitches, keep them from leaning over the plate, stuff like that. So uh, I felt like it's, it's just essential to be able to go to both sides of the plate. When you do that, though, I mean, so much can go wrong. You have to have a lot of conviction when you throw it, right? 
Yeah, definitely. If you're going in, you got to get in there. You don't want to leave it over the plate. Don't want to let them get extended. So you want to make sure you really get in there. Logan, how do you manipulate the slider uh, with the with the differing speeds where one's maybe a little bit more firm, maybe one has a little bit more is slower and has sweep to it? Um, is that kind of what was going on today? Yeah, a little bit. Some of it depends on the count. I feel like um, the put away slider, two strikes, stuff like that, you want it to come out as hard as possible like a slider, maybe behind in the count, something like that. You're shaping it a little more, just making sure it lands in there and gets the sweep on it. Well, then how would you describe your on? How would you describe your on mound demeanor? Like what your demeanor on the mound? You just you seem pretty stone faced. You know, happy, sad, upset, angry. We we can't really tell. I mean, like I said to Scott, if a tornado was hitting the building, I think you'd look the same. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's just my personality, I guess. Um, nothing really bothers me too much, and I try to stay the same, even keel out there, no matter what happens. Some it's easier said than done sometimes when things aren't going well, but. Uh, I feel like it helps me just maintain my focus throughout the game. Skip said before the game that you exceeded his expectations up to this point. Have you exceeded yours? Uh, no, I, I don't think I ever will. I have high expectations, but I'll take the wins when I can get them along the way, whatever that may be. Um, and I feel like I'm throwing the ball pretty well right now, but I know what I'm capable of, and I'm just going to continue to chase that and try to get better each time out. How's your hand after that comebacker? It's all right. I just got some ice on it, so it's numb now. So I think it's fine. I can't really feel it right now. So it'll be all right. Logan, you said you know what you're capable of beyond today after a one-hitter. What does that look like for you uh, as you move forward? You're, you're just two months into this journey so far. Yeah, I think every pitch is continuing to develop and get that feel for it. Um, on my best days, I'll have four pitches in the zone that I can go to whenever I want. And I see some of the best starters around the league, and I feel like that's what I'm capable of at, at some point in my career. So I'll continue to chase that. Logan, just um, you just you don't seem very intimidated. Did you take anything away from – I know they're both lefties starting, the, you know, Chef and you say, but did you take anything away watching the, the first two games of the series on how you wanted to attack? And, you know – there's some big dudes in there that can hit the ball a long ways, but you don't seem afraid. I mean, you know, how, how important is that not to be intimidated by the name on the jersey or, the, how, you know, what those guys can do? Yeah, exactly. I thought that before the game, and we had a conversation about that where I brought it up. Um, obviously, they're really good, and they can swing it. That's what they do. They have really big guys in the lineup. They hit home runs, stuff like that. Um, I went into it saying if they hit it, if they hit home runs, that stuff will happen. I'm not going to beat myself. I don't want to walk people. I want to fill up the zone. I want to get after them. If they hit it, they hit it. But I'm not going to beat myself. I'm going to make them beat me. Just a spectacular game for Logan Gilbert. And what a start to his young career as he just keeps getting better and better. We'll get the thoughts from Mike Blowers on what he has seen so far from Logan Gilbert. Man, it just feels like, doesn't it? Each time we see him take the ball recently, there's just been another step forward. It's really been a blast to watch. It has been, and you know, per our conversation yesterday with getting to the big leagues and it taking time, I don't think it's going to for Logan just because <laughs> of the way he's just built in general. You know what I mean? Just kind of the way he goes about his business, and um, I, I love the fact that he talked about how nervous he was after his first outing. Um, after his second outing, still not quite comfortable. And then lately he seems to be awfully comfortable, and I think he understands real quick that the stuff that he has placed, there's still plenty of room for improvement, which is kind of an exciting thing to think about. Um, just because I think he's already doing such a nice job 
with the little bit of time that he's had in the big leagues, just nine starts. So, you know, we're going to continue to watch the growth of this young man when he starts to figure things out and he can actually land the curveball, um, use the changeup more, which he is, and that's been a quality pitch for him. Uh, it, it, there's a lot to like about this young man, and I, I just think that the timing was right when they brought him here, and I don't anticipate him ever going back to the Marlins. He just looks like he's just built for this. Yeah, I mean, there is something that you might be able to describe it after all the baseball you've watched where when you see a young player, a prospect, and a pitcher in this regard, uh, and you see them up on the mound, there's a difference between those guys that you say, you know what, there there's some tools there, he's got this one pitch, and there are things to build around versus what it really feels like we're seeing with Logan where already in the span of call it like a month it's all kind of come together not that there's not room for improvement there certainly is but you can see it already playing and him really getting after big league hitters so early into his career yeah I think that the big thing for me you know you can start with just his routines I watch him it's a little bit different than some other starters at the major league level and he probably was wondering about that when he got here but he's stuck with that because it works for him. I mean, this is a guy that's a high draft pick. He's, he's done well everywhere that he has been, and I think that there's an expectation there for that he's put on himself. And I think after he got through the first couple of starts, he kind of went to work on this thing and realized uh, that he can pitch here. I think it certainly has helped him uh, with the way that the starting rotation for the Mariners goes about their business. And a lot of this credit goes to Marco right now, and that is that they all get together and – they watch each other's bullpens, and they talk about pitching, and they go through it. I'm not sure that Logan says a whole lot in those meetings <laughs> right now, which is just fine. But I, I think it's working for him, and I think that he's realized in a short period of time, and probably because of Scott's conversations with Pete Woodworth, too, that he just has to be himself out there, and I think that we are starting to see that right now. Hey, how about this? His first four big league starts, mm -hmm. he threw a grand total of four change-ups. His last start, Mike, 16% changeup. Time before that, now that would have been the shortened start. He threw six of them then, which was his second most used pitch. Start before that, 11% changeup. I mean, it went from a pitch that he had kind of never thrown before because he didn't need it in the minors to now this is really getting mixed into the repertoire. And it's a really good changeup, and I think he's realized that. Um, and just think about that. He probably has been able to you know, fly through college and the minor leagues going through basically just fastball slider right that's good enough these guys will chase out of the zone on those two pitches because they're above average I can pitch to the top of the zone all day long and they can't do anything about it and then all of a sudden you get here and I think that first outing is a little bit of an eye-opener right right and maybe I better start mixing it in and with the struggles that he was having and has had with this curveball he went to the changeup. I'm sure he was encouraged by Pete Woodworth and, and Scott to do that and all of a sudden he found something because he's probably never had to use it before. But now at this level, you better have at least three pitches. Four would be great, and he'll just keep working on that curveball. But all of a sudden he found that changeup, and it kind of works that way sometimes for guys. It's just out of nowhere you, you find something that you didn't even realize that you had and that how well it's going to play, right? And that certainly has been the case with him, and I, I guess he would continue to do that, especially against all the left-handed hitters, and they're going to start loading him up against him because of his slider. So a 4 nothing win in Game 3 of the series they Salvage the finale against the Yankees. Here's what Scott Service had to say about the game and his pitcher, Logan Gilbert. The performance today by Logan Gilbert doesn't get a whole lot better than that. Um, obviously, a, a very veteran club. He came in just on the attack, uh, was going to dominate the strike zone. That's exactly what he did today. I thought it was uh, 
the best slider we've seen him have since he's been in the big leagues here. Uh, he went to it often. He needed to against eight right-handed hitters in their lineup. And I uh, uh, can't say enough about, you know, his mentality, composure as he's going through that game. You know, they get a little something going on in, in the second inning and he steps up. And after that, he just got on cruise control. I think it was like 18 in a row after that. And uh, eight punch outs, no walks uh, against a quality opponent. Um, feather in his hat. You can't do a whole lot better than that today. And uh, on the offensive side, obviously the, the home runs, uh, very timely. Uh, nice to see Demo get get one going. Hanny picking up late. Sieg's getting this going early, but uh, crisp ball game, but all driven by my starting pitching. And again, our bullpen is really solid behind him. So a uh, nice way to bounce back after a couple tough losses in this series and hopefully get back on the winning train here headed into the all-star break. Scott, he kept that changeup in his back pocket the entire game. Maybe only threw a couple of them, really didn't need it. But the two-pitch mix seems so devastating today. I know that the differential in speeds is pretty substantial and the look is, but it didn't look like they had any idea what was coming. It's a really a different look. Um, starts with, you know, Logan, his extension down the mound. The fastball really plays up. And then, you know, when he's got the breaking ball going, and, and for me, I think his breaking ball is best when it comes out a little harder. You know, um, instead of the 81 big sweeper, he saw we saw some today. It was like 85 miles an hour. They're they're harder. They break later. They're tougher to pick up. And and he really had it going on today. So that um, was you know I was a little worried after the sixth inning. He got hit with the comebacker, kind of in the palm of his hand. Uh, you know, the meat part of his thumb. But he was fine. Went down in the cage, and he was not coming out of that ball game. He won one more inning. I was glad to give it to him. Scott, how would you describe his mound demeanor? I mean, it looks like a tornado could be coming in from center field and he wouldn't even flinch. He didn't seem the least bit intimidated by the Yankees. He threw inside and he threw his fastball inside at him a lot. No, intimidated is not anywhere in his vocabulary, I think. You know, you get a, a read on guys coming out of their, their starting pitcher meeting headed into the game. And um, I asked Woody how it went today and he said, I wish I could have recorded it. Every young pitcher should hear that. That's how you need to go after that type of ball club. He was going to be aggressive, and he went out and executed. So uh, uh, nothing really phases Logan. I've said it uh, many times before. He's well beyond his years, and uh, it'll serve him well uh, in his career. There's no question about that. You will get young rookies that are afraid to throw the ball inside, you know, to establish the inner half of the plate. But he doesn't seem to have that fear. I mean, he dots even dots void didn't even phase him and you know when he throws the slider off that inside fastball it seems like that's pretty effective oh it, it, it sets up everything certainly a team like that with that kind of power you know with judge stan void uh you know sanchez those guys are liking the ball out over the plate where they can get extended they're used to playing in that small ballpark in new york and you know once you can get the ball in on them it opens up everything else and, and he went after it today and it was great to see and here's Dylan Moore after the game. He had the big home run. Dylan, what was it like playing behind Logan today? It seemed uh, like he was as sharp as he's ever been. Absolutely, yeah. He was going right after guys, which is awesome. Uh, you know, it keeps the tempo up, keeps the pace good, and uh, he was really attacking guys and, and getting quick outs. And, um, yeah, it was, it, was, it was fun to play behind him today for sure. What impressed you most, either about his demeanor or the way that he attacked hitters? Yeah, it's interesting. He's a quiet guy. Uh, you don't really get much out of him, but he, you can tell when he's on the mound, he's a competitor, right? So he just, he, he's out there to get guys out. He doesn't care who's up there. Um, he's, he's trying to get him, get, 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 get us back in the dugout to, uh, to hit, to hit. And um, yeah, you could tell when he's out there, he's trying to, he's, he's really uh, competing. 
You know, I know you guys have come from behind a lot this year, but last couple of games you've had to play from behind big early. You know, he, he keeps them down early. See, gets a home run, and then you get the home run. How how easier is that though to play that way, not to have to always feel like you're scratching and clawing from behind from the start? Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's going to happen both ways over the course of a season, and I think we should try to get better at coming from behind, uh, whether it's a small or a big margin. But um, yeah, it's definitely easier when, when we kind of set the tone offensively and get a couple runs and um, it, it could take some pressure off Logan or, or whatever, and then kind of let us play a little bit more freer baseball. Dylan, I think I missed something at the end of the game when I was doing post-game interviews. What happened with the skirmish that was on the field? Uh, I, there was just a little bit of John back and forth. And there was a couple pitches that uh, they weren't happy about uh, that came close to hitting some, a couple of their guys. And um, there was just, uh, there was a little bit of John back and forth. Uh, nothing major in my opinion. Anything else for Dylan? Hey Dylan, just how important, you know, you, you got three games against the division foe uh, team you're competing for with the wild card. Um, this weekend and then the break coming up, how important is it to, to kind of finish what you started from this last couple of weeks where you played really well to get to this point and, and get some It's very important. It's hugely important to uh, kind of find the consistency um, of winning all those series in a row and then dropping one and then kind of getting right back up on the saddle, uh, saddle and, um, and playing our brand of baseball and, and can, to keep winning going into the break. It's, it's uh, very important, yes. And now the Mariners will turn their attention to the Angels 7-10 tonight. First pitch, Marco Gonzalez looks to bounce back from a tough start his last time. Alex Cobb will go for the Angels. Saturday, 7-10, Chris Flexen will take the ball. Patrick Sandoval for the Angels. It looks like a bullpen day coming up on Sunday to take the spot of Justice Sheffield, who went on the IL. A 1-10 first pitch. Jose Suarez will go for the Angels in the finale before the All-Star break. And again, Coming up uh, tomorrow, we'll have kind of a recap of the first half and looking at the second half uh, coming up on the podcast. In the meantime, of course, we all know Yusei Kikuchi will be representing the Mariners at the All-Star Game this season. Aaron Goldsmith had a really interesting conversation with Scott Service about Yusei going to the All-Star Game, but also and most importantly, kind of his progression to get there and gave us a, a couple of really interesting tidbits on, uh, you know, some of the struggles, some of what you say has had to fight through to get to this point. So very interesting conversation, and I think you'll enjoy it. A lot of people have probably seen the video. It made its way around the Mariners social media streams of uh, you announcing to the Mariners clubhouse in front of all the guys that you say uh, was going to the all-star game this year. But, but for those who didn't see it and even to relive it again, can you tell us what, what that's like as a manager and what that was like in the clubhouse for you and the guys? Uh, it, it's always a, a fun day. You know, it usually happens the, the Sunday morning before the all-star game uh, or your break before the all-star, you know, break happens at a week down the road. So, you know, I get the information. I only know about our representative. I don't know about the rest of the team as that's made like public a little bit later in the day. So uh, I get an opportunity to bring the team together. We talk a little bit about details around the all-star break, what expectations are as far as, you know, travel and, and things like that. So guys can make plans with their families. Um, then I get an opportunity to, to talk about, you know, the, the guy who's going to represent us and, and, you know, the type of season he's had. And um, it's, it's a lot of fun. I really enjoy it. And oftentimes there might be one or two guys in that clubhouse who feel slighted that they should be on the team. And I, I talk about that as well, uh, because those of us who are here every day, 
Uh, and this year's the instance, obviously, with J.P. Crawford, we know how important he has been to our ball club, the strides he has made. And I really want to take time to recognize him as well within our clubhouse, because those of us who are together every day, we realize that. But it's a great opportunity. And, you know, sometimes the guys will get up and say something. Sometimes they won't. They'll just say thanks. Uh, you say actually got up and talked to the group and I thought it was awesome. It's really interesting in the video, uh, if, if folks can uh, kind of see in the background to catch Tom Murphy. Because Murphy's got those big blue eyes. I mean, he shows more emotion in a lot of ways than, than you say does. And then he gives him just the most crushing man hug that I don't think many <laughs> could survive. Uh, but you say is still breathing, fortunately. Uh, can you tell us about their relationship? Because they've been together for a while now. And they both seem like in some ways they're, they're cut from a similar cloth. Yeah, those guys are. They're, they're really big into their preparation, and they spend so much time trying to get the most out of uh, their game, so to speak. And, and uh, you know, that pitcher-catcher relationship is always special, and I got an opportunity to experience that throughout my career. There are certain pitchers you just connect with, and you connect because you go through some lows to get to the highs. And I think that's what Murph and, and you say have gone through. There have been times where Murph wanted to pull his hair out and you say Sarah out because you get so frustrated with him. And then, you know, when you get an opportunity where you kind of reach the pinnacle, you make an all-star team, things like that. There's a lot of, you know, you're very, there's a lot of gratification that goes into that, knowing that you helped each other uh, along the way. And, and I know uh, Murph feels that way for you saying he's really excited about, he's going to get this opportunity over in Colorado. Yeah, I think, and you bring up something that I think makes this selection so special for you, say for Murphy, for, for Mariners fans as well, who've been watching you say since day one, uh, there have been some really hard times. And in our conversations over the years, uh, there've been some, some real tough love uh, from you and others on the staff to you say, uh, I'm sure at some points, him being in an all-star game seemed like the furthest thing that could happen. And yet the talent was there. Uh, what does it mean to you when you kind of zoom out a little bit, look at this from 10,000 feet away and see just how far uh, you say has come since day one. Uh, I, I, there's many games that I can look back on. There's one particular in Detroit in 2019. Um, he was actually on a pretty good roll. He had had two or three good outings in a row. And uh, we went into Detroit, a ball club that I thought he should just go out and dominate. And he did not. He barely got through the fourth inning. And I was so frustrated. I remember calling him into my office the next day and yelling and screaming <laughs> to get his attention. Like, you are so much better than this. You have to trust it. And then, you know, you say and I had a chance to talk uh, after, you know, kind of in my office uh, behind closed doors after I announced he'd made the all-star team. And, and he brought that up. He remembers those, those conversations. So again, uh, anytime in any athlete, any sport you're in, there are going to be moments uh, that coaches are going to challenge you. And, you know, you, it's hard. It's hard to receive that on the athlete side. It's hard to give it some time on the coaching side. But at the end of the day, you want what's best for the player. And you're just trying to get the most out of their ability. So when they do that, it's very gratifying. Finally, Scott, there is a certain pitch this year from you, say, that really has caught our attention up in the booth. And I'm curious your thoughts of it from the dugout. It's not just his fastball, but it's his come and get it fastball. We see it a lot of times with two strikes. You know, he throws 98 uh, regularly, but there's something a little extra oomph when he really has the rear back and just you're not going to touch this type of fastball. I'm sure that's a mindset as much as it is a, a physical gift, but what is it like for you to see that pitch in particular develop? Well, you can hear it. And, and I say, not actually hearing the ball, but you can hear him grunt. And there's some pitchers that'll do it on every pitch. We played over against uh, Toronto. Robbie Ray does it on every pitch, you know, his entire outing. And, and Zach Grenke will often do it. Uh, fans remember Nolan Ryan did it. 
uh, you know, towards the end of his career. And and Yude, or, uh, Yusei started doing in, in Japanese, in Japanese, you know, being loud. I think it's udasai is, is the Japanese word for get loud. So that is, uh, you know, what I will say to, to Yusei uh, just before he takes the mound uh, every night is uh, udasai. I want to be, I want it to be loud. Um, and that's his loud fastball. And oftentimes you see it, there's a couple guys on base. It's a two strike count and he goes and gets it. And uh, I think it's, it's, it's really cool because I think it intimidates him as well. When it's coming at you 98 and the guy's yelling behind it, that's pretty cool. Now, did he teach you the term Udasai or did you know that already? I had to ask. I wanted to know. The first time he ever did it was in a uh, spring training B game. He was struggling and we started to get on him about getting after it. He started doing it and it was unhittable in a B game with nobody around. And I said, we need to see that more often. And I said, how do you say in Japanese loud or, you know, be loud or whatever. And uh, his interpreter filled me in. I wrote it up on my whiteboard right away. So I would not forget it. And I haven't. So <laughs> it says a lot. 